welcome back to Capital Creeps. Today, I'm really excited about this episode. This one was one of the most fun I have had researching. It was probably the most intense researching I did just because there's so much information. I could easily make two, maybe even three episodes about this topic. And it is one of the more well-known, more famous cryptids. But what I really like about this one is because it has so much information about it. You could listen to countless podcasts. You could watch countless videos and get different information every time. Not necessarily conflicting information, but just information that one podcast didn't include this anecdote and the video didn't talk about this aspect of the history of it. And so because of that, it's really interesting because, you know, you can keep listening to like listening to different content about it or watching different videos about it or even just doing online research about it and get something new pretty much every time. I also really like this topic because it's very similar to Mothman in that so much of it was recorded in the media as it was actually happening. And so a lot of these tellings are from sources that didn't know about other sources at the time. You know, one person saw it one night and they didn't know that other people were seeing it that very same night. So if you hadn't been able to guess based on the title, today's episode is about the Jersey Devil. Now, unlike other episodes, I'm not actually going to get straight into the topic because I think a big part of what makes the Jersey Devil so interesting and a lot of what makes the Jersey Devil what it is and what it was is the location. So in New Jersey, they have this huge chunk of land called uh, the Jersey Pine Barrens, also called the New Jersey Pine Lands. When I was on, I was on like an official government website for New Jersey. I think it was like a park. Yeah, it was a Parks and Recs website. They called it the Pine Lands. And that seems a little bit more fluffy than the Pine Barrens because, well, Barrens kind of makes it sound like, oh, don't go here. There's nothing here. And the New Jersey Pine Barrens, as it's more often called, is over a million acres and it includes farms, forests, and wetlands. And it covers about 22% of New Jersey. Now, this area is mostly uninhabited except for those farms. And in 2010, only 870,000 people were living in the entirety of that a million acres. Now, Dates and stuff like that come into play here with this one, just like most of them. Um, so they had far, far, far less people living in this area, I'm sure of it, when most of this went down. But even then, such a huge area, uh, over a million acres, to have such a small amount of people is pretty crazy to me. Um, so it is mostly uninhabited, like I said. There's actually ghost towns kind of scattered throughout the area, um, so it's kind of scary. And there's a lot of dangerous plants in the area, too. So they have uh, carnivorous plants that 
well, if you know what carnivorous means, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what they do. They eat bugs and stuff like that. And that's why it's referred to sometimes as a place so dangerous, even the plants will eat you, which I thought was cute. And there's a group of people, a type of people, I guess, who live in this area. And for a while, this was not a good place to go. So the soil here is pretty bad. The land's bad. The terrain is kind of dangerous. And so back when New Jersey was first being settled and people were trying to decide where they wanted to live and all that, the more outcast people were forced into these locations and the more well-off people, people of means, lived in the more inhabitable parts of New Jersey. And to this day, it still is not a very well-off area. And some of the people there are referred to as Pineys because they live in the Pine Barrens. And to this day, that is still kind of a nickname that people know these people as, as Pineys. And this is where the setting is for most of what happened with the Jersey Devil. And this is where people think that he lives. So it started with a pretty specific origin story for where he came from. Uh, I guess we've decided we know where he came from. And it started with a woman named Mrs. Leeds. Um, There was a Mr. Leeds. And they lived in Estelleville. So Mrs. Leeds was a woman who was not very well off. Um, She did not have a ton of money, but she did have a ton of children. So Mrs. Leeds found out that she was pregnant and this would be her 13th child. So she was not happy about this information because she didn't want any more children and she didn't have money to fund raising another child. So when she found out about the pregnancy, she was so upset that she screamed out, let it be the devil instead of, I guess, a child. So when the baby was born, it came out a normal baby boy and then all of a sudden it sprouted horns and a tail and wings and it started attacking everybody in the room and supposedly it may or may not have killed one of the midwives who was in the room with Mrs. Leeds and it let out a wail and a scream and it flew out the window (laughs) into the surrounding swamp. And that was how the Jersey Devil was born. And after the time that this story supposedly happened, that is when reports started coming in of wailing and screaming coming from the swamps. Now, these reports are still happening to this day. So whether or not the devil is real, people are hearing something coming from the woods or the swamp. And something that's really interesting about this story is This is pretty, it's pretty uncontested as the origin story. There are some little details here and there that you'll hear a little bit different. But what I thought was super interesting was around this time, around this area, there was a family that fit this description. Now, a podcast that I listened to about it called Astonishing Legends, they did a little bit of digging and they found that from Ancestry.com, that there was a Leeds family. There was a Mr. and Mrs. Leeds and they did have 
12 children that were reported on Ancestry.com. Now, that is really interesting to me. I find that incredibly interesting because it adds a lot more to the story. Now, what could have happened is maybe somebody along the way found out about this family or knew this family and created a story to go along with them. For sure, that could have happened. But all I can say is this family at least did exist. So that is where people think that he came from. Now let's talk a little bit more about who he is. Now, first of all, let me just say that today, for whatever reason, this recording, the cats have decided to both lose their minds. <laughs> They're going crazy. Um, they both have crazy zoomies right now. I have had to stop recording a couple times because they've slammed into me or the mic or something. <laughs> so love that. Fabulous. But anyways, the Jersey Devil. So people in the area that he lived in around the Pine Barrens said that there was a period of time where crops started failing, cows were unable to produce milk, there were droughts, and livestock was dying. And it was around then that sightings of the devil started. Now, this description is important. I'll get into it a little bit later. But his description is basically that he has the head of a horse, big bat wings, a scaly reptile body with a forked tail, and that he walks on two legs and kind of has hooves. And this is what people describe him as. There's also a little bit of discourse, disagreement on his eyes. Some people say that they are yellow. Most people say that they're kind of like a glowing white. Now, this one interested me a little bit because if you know anything about cryptids, they all have these red glowing eyes. He doesn't. So the Jersey Devil doesn't fit the traditional cryptid description in that he doesn't have the red eyes. So he's a little bit special. He's a little bit on his own in that department. Now, you're probably wondering where did he come from? How does everyone know about him? What is so interesting about this guy? Well, he does have origins that trace all the way back to the 1700s, um, but he didn't really start getting any sort of notoriety around until around the 1800s, uh, especially in the area of Leeds, which if you remember, the woman that supposedly gave birth to him, her last name is Leeds. Okay, so Leeds family supposedly gave birth to him. He started popping up after he was born in the 1700s. Really started showing up in the 1800s. But they kind of thought, people around the turn of the century, around the 1900s, kind of thought that they were done seeing him. So people, locals, knew who he was. Locals knew that there was some sort of creature. Locals knew that there was a screaming that came from the woods. Locals knew we just have like our little monster. We have the little guy that lives in our state, in our area. But he didn't get widespread notoriety until 1909. So they thought they had seen the last of him around the 1900s, but they did not. 
um, January 16th, 1909 is when it really began to take off. So for about a week, this went from January 16th until January 23rd. There was this week. It was from a Saturday night to a Friday night that basically all hell broke loose. This week was nicknamed um, in the papers as the phenomenal week or something like that. I think it was something like that. (laughs) Phenomenal week. Um, And this is when he had his reign of terror and he solidified himself in the culture of New Jersey. So there's a lot to go over here. I just picked some of the more eventful, easy to find sources on, easy to get uh, the same details from multiple sources because there's a lot. (laughs) Just from this week, just from the week of January 16th to January 23rd. Okay, so it starts on the 16th. There is a guy who his name is Thack uh, Cousins. I think Co- some people say Cousins. Some people say Cousins. Some people say Cousins. It is C-O-Z-Z-E-N-S. And he was walking outside the Woodbury Hotel and he was in Woodbury. And he sees this thing like fly down the street. And this is a quote that he said directly this was quoted uh, in the paper. The I know the Inquirer did a really, really big story on this as it was happening, but a lot of local papers did talk about it as well. So Thack says, I heard a hissing sound and something white flew across the street. I saw two spots of phosphorus, the eyes of the beast. There was a white cloud like escaping steam from an engine. It moved as fast as an auto, um, as in a car. And... So he didn't see him for very long. He just sort of saw him zip past and I guess he heard him. So this hissing sound is really common with sightings of him that when he's mad, he hisses kind of like a cat. So during that week, there were actually thousands of people writing in saying that they saw him. So that week he took a tour all around the area. He didn't just stop in New Jersey. He went to Pennsylvania. He went to Delaware. He kind of did a zigzag all around. And like I said, his home is kind of recognized as the Pine Barrens. But this week he was Mr. Worldwide and he went everywhere. So there were several nights, like I said, that he ran all around the town. There was a cop in Bristol, Pennsylvania, who saw him. And something that is really notable about him is that he supposedly did do harm. He killed a puppy in Riverside. There was a couple, I guess, who saw him standing around next to this dog's dead body or a puppy's dead body. Something that also really caught people's attention was uh, not just reports of seeing him, but there were proof that people had seen him. So in the town of Burlington, I guess everybody had gotten off their shift at the coat factory and they all go outside. A lot of people in the area go outside and they look out and they see tracks all around. Now, these tracks were a little bit different than what you would expect from a horse because you could see that there were a set of two feet instead of four. Now, like I said, he has like horse hoofs, like his feet look like a horse's feet. So you would think 
they would be in sets of four. And so people in Burlington said, oh, he must have been here because his tracks are everywhere. Now, this caused big, big outcry from the public. People were freaked out. People were confused. People were scared. What is this? What's going on? And so schools in the area in New Jersey were actually closed for a short period of time as people were trying to figure out, are we all going to die? Is this thing going to kill us all? Why is he here? What is he doing? And it's interesting to note that I know I mentioned the cop in Bristol. So not just the cop, but plenty of people actually got a really good look at him. It wasn't like in the case of Thack, you saw that he ran by him or I guess flew by him. And they just see this, you know, flash of, oh, what is that? But the cop got a really long, good look at him and plenty of people did. And now I said, remembered the description of him from earlier. Now, a lot of these people, he's going to different cities and they don't really have any way of communicating with each other, especially quickly in 1909. But we're getting the same description. There's also not that quick of a way for newspapers to be getting out in a very timely manner. So even if you have somebody who's one or two days later giving a report where they're giving a description that sounds exactly like the guy from two nights ago, there's a huge chance that it either hasn't yet been published in a newspaper or they haven't even had the chance to see the newspaper or, hey, the newspaper wasn't even distributed in the city that this person lives in who had just seen him this night because he was kind of in a different city every single night. Now, I did want to touch upon a specific town of Trenton because this seems to be where kind of the biggest sightings of him happened and some of the most interesting ones that happened during this a week-long period. So this is one of my favorite stories having to do with him. So Councilman E.B. Whedon, who lived in Trenton, was woken up from his sleep because he could hear banging. And he looks out his window to see what's going on, what's the cause of this noise. And that's when he was face-to-face with the Jersey Devil. Again, he gives a description that's pretty similar to everybody else's. So the devil looks at him and hisses and flies away, and he sees the whole interaction, right? Well, later on, he gets up, gets out of bed, and he looks at his roof. And on the roof, he sees tracks. And these tracks were kind of just like what everyone else was seeing, where it was two feet but it was these hoof prints all on the roof. So in Trenton, same night, William Cromley was driving home and he was the doorkeeper at the Trenton Theater at the time. So he's driving on the road and he sees it standing there in the middle of the road. So for some reason, he gets out of his car and stares at it. And it stares back at him for a second. And so this one is interesting because, again, it's another one of those ones where you get somebody who's looking at it for a prolonged period of time and they're not just seeing him in passing. He saw him just standing there. Okay, so 
he sees him just standing there and that's when i guess the devil decides not to do anything about it not to do anything nefarious and he hisses at william and flies away so in trenton just like in burlington people saw tracks everywhere the next day so he had been all around trenton doing whatever There was other people who came forward saying that they saw and they heard him banging around the roofs of their sheds. And I guess maybe when you see other people saying, oh, yeah, I saw that, too, it might give you the courage to admit that you saw something absolutely insane. So, Trenton, you had quite a bit of a hot spot as far as activity during this week in which he was going crazy and doing all kinds of stuff (laughs) so after this after it was publicized in several local papers the philadelphia zoo offered ten thousand dollars for the jersey devil and unfortunately nobody was ever able to claim that reward because i guess nobody ever brought them the devil but people did go looking you know, there was definitely groups that went devil hunting. Um, I don't know if you've probably heard that. The cats are losing their minds. As I'm saying that, they're running everywhere. So if you just heard a bunch of banging and stuff, that was them. And I'm too deep into this to record it again. Because, you know, they've been doing this now for the past like 45 minutes. Awesome. So groups of people did go out and try and hunt for the Jersey Devil, but unfortunately, nobody was ever able to find it. Other people did offer rewards for it as well. Obviously, it was never claimed. There were people who did try to hoax people. Um, Notably, there was a man who tried to dress a kangaroo up and pass it as the Jersey Devil because I guess it could look similar, Um, and it didn't work. People didn't fall for it so some hoaxes having to do with it but you're always going to get people trying to take advantage of something like this even though the jersey devil is super interesting on its own even if you just look at the one week where he had his reign of terror it gets more interesting than that the jersey devil actually has some celebrity friends okay so everybody knows napoleon bonaparte Well, did you know he has a brother and he's from Jersey? So Joseph Bonaparte, he didn't want to have the same reputation as his brother. He wanted a more quiet life. So he moved out to New Jersey. And by that, I mean, he stole a ton of gold and jewels from Spain and fled to New Jersey in order to live a lavish lifestyle. I guess probably not to have to have a job, not to have to work for a living and just chill in Jersey for the rest of his life. So Joseph was out on a hunting trip and he saw some tracks and so he decided to follow them. He noted that there were hoof prints. It looked like the animal had two legs and he said that it looked as though the prints were different sizes, as if the feet weren't exactly the same size. So he followed the tracks But then they just sort of disappeared as if something had flown away. This was the same case of with Mothman where Mothman, he had footprints that kind of went around in a circle and then they flew away. Oh, not Mothman. The dog that Mothman supposedly uh, 
flew off with had tracks and then they went out in a circle and they disappeared as if he had just flown into midair so that is what joseph bonaparte saw and then all of a sudden he hears hissing and he turns around and he is face to face with the jersey devil this happened in uh the 1800s i believe so he's face to face with the jersey devil he's frozen in fear and luckily the devil decided not to do anything this day so the devil just stared at him and flew away he went back and he told his friends who were locals and they're like yeah dude like that's the jersey devil we know him he's here welcome to jersey i guess now you've seen the devil Another famous person that has ties with the Jersey Devil is the famous pirate, Captain Kidd. Okay, so Captain Kidd famously buried a big chunk of treasure in New Jersey. So in order to make sure that nobody stole this treasure, he beheaded a shipmate and left his headless body to guard the treasure. Now, people say that they see... The devil and this headless guy walking around the beach together, and I guess they're friends, and I guess they hang out. I don't know. But that's not the only person that the devil is friends with that kind of has more supernatural ties to it. There's also a blonde woman who sits at sea waiting for her husband to return, her husband's ship to return, and sometimes the devil will sit with her as well. Now, these stories are fun and they're cute, but they're not my favorite because they add a little bit too much of the supernatural element to the story of the devil. Now, when I tell my opinion about the devil, I'll get into it a little bit more. Of course, we have to talk about, since this is such a mass phenomena, we have to talk about people's opinions. People decided to weigh in on what's going on. How could this have happened? So one of the common theories is that this was nothing more than a case of mass hysteria. They think that, I guess, people heard from other people that there was this thing around and it was attacking people and it's going to come to your roof and it's going to do this. And so they decided that they were also going to be scared of it and they were also going to think that there was a guy on their roof and all of that and if you couldn't tell already i don't believe that this was mass hysteria i don't believe it because there wasn't this many ways to communicate so quickly with so many people at the time it was 1909 they couldn't just text people in a different city like hey i just saw this tell me if you see it too he looked like he was on his way to your place so i don't really buy this that much especially since the sightings were kind of clumped into one week and so by the time everybody had heard about it people were done seeing him so that to me takes away massively from the mass hysteria theory another theory is that people were seeing just a regular person who was from the area And there was a hiker named Tom Brown Jr. And he would go hiking in, you know, cover himself with sticks and camouflage and stuff. And he said that pretty often people would come across him in the woods and would think that he was the devil. And they would get scared like, oh, no, we ran into the devil. And they would run away because he was unrecognizable as a human at that point. Um, while that is funny to think about, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that that's the case um, because 
while people saw him fly away. So it's kind of that simple. Um, of course, we have to go to the theory that is always brought up with cryptids, and that is it's a type of bird. Now, the one that is most commonly described as being possibly the devil is the sandhill crane. Now, the sandhill cranes are pretty big. They're about four feet tall. They have a pretty big wingspan. But what I will say is uh, the sandhill crane, I think also people thought that that could be Mothman. It doesn't really fit the description to me very much of the Jersey Devil. It's like, it doesn't have hooves, <laughs> first of all. Like most birds, this one doesn't have hooves. So it doesn't, it can't explain the tracks. It can't explain the hoof prints to start. But also, the legs of the sandhill crane are very thin. And people were saying that they were kind of seeing like horses' legs. And if you know anything about horses' legs, they're kind of thicker, you know, they're, they're bigger. They also said that they were seeing a horse's face. Now, the sandhill crane does have a long beak, which could make it look like it has an elongated face, like a horse's face. Um, so I will give it that. But it does have red around its eyes. And if you remember, nobody saw him with red eyes. They saw him with white eyes, typically. But the eyes also do take us to another bird that gets blamed for being the Jersey Devil, and that is the Great Horned Owl, who has yellow eyes. Now, some people did say that they saw the Jersey Devil and that it had yellow eyes. The Great Horned Owl is pretty big. They can be around two feet tall. Um, they have really big wingspans, and they can be very imposing. And when they fly away, you can definitely hear it. You know, it's got really big wings. But I would like to propose... Uh, another theory to this is that maybe some people did see a great horned owl and said, oh, I heard somebody talking about this thing that they saw. I saw something really creepy too. It scared me. And, you know, that's where the people, the few people who did say they saw yellow eyes, that's where that could come into play is that, well, some people... Most people saw a white-eyed thing, but some people saw a yellow-eyed thing. There's a chance that some people thought they saw him, but they really didn't. They were just seeing, you know, like a giant owl. Because if you've ever seen one out in the middle of nowhere, they you can you could definitely mistake it as something else if you have no sort of, source of light. All you see is glowing eyes, and you know you hear the wings flapping away. Sure, that could totally be it. <laughs> Well, I don't necessarily have a theory that I do or don't believe in. Now, I don't know much about this time period, so I can't weigh in very much about cultural influences that could have caused people to see something or think they saw something, especially with it being such a widespread area. If it was more located in one part of town, maybe it could be more easily explained, but you're talking about crossing state lines. Now, the only thing that I think that could influence some of the lore and the legend about the Jersey Devil is the Pine Barrens. There are people who kind of think that that is his home base and that sometimes he comes out to deal with the regular folks who live in regular towns. And so, yes, you do have this big mysterious forest that could contribute to 
people thinking that, you know, oh, it's a mysterious place. And so there's this mysterious thing that lives here. And every once in a while, he comes and visits everybody else. So you do get that influence. And I'm sure that that's a big influence in the area. And that, you know, it has a big part of the culture of, you know, southern New Jersey. But I kind of think that this thing really was a thing. Now, I know it sounds crazy, but I think that there was a thing. <laughs> I kind of think there was a thing. You know, whether or not it was a devil or whatever you want to call it, I think that there was some sort of actual being that was there that was terrorizing the town. Now, if you remember, I said that I'm not a big fan of the supernatural theories surrounding him because I don't think that there's anything supernatural at play here. I think that there really was a situation where there was some sort of creature, normal living flesh and blood creature that was going around terrorizing these people, especially because it didn't attack anybody. It just attacked another animal. It attacked that dog and some livestock was attacked as well. Now, if you know anything about wild animals, you know, they mostly don't attack humans. They're scared of us. And a lot of people say that he hissed at them as if he was angry with them or he was scared, but he didn't actually attack them. That seems kind of on par with any interaction you might have with a wild animal unless it was very hungry, you know. Even tigers, even lions don't really do anything to you unless they're really hungry. They just want you to leave and there's a chance that... There was a real animal that was walking around and maybe something happened to make it weird and deformed and it went around trying to find its way back home to the Pine Barrens and it just got in a little bit of trouble along the way. This is one of, I think, the few cryptids that I really, I can't find an explanation for. So I'm forced to kind of Occam's razor this situation and say, there was probably some sort of creature that really did exist. And hey, maybe we just never identified it. And maybe it went extinct. Maybe there were Jersey Devils living all around that area. And we just didn't discover them until it was too late to discover them. And they went extinct and, you know, they lived and died without us knowing about them. Except this one that went all around and everyone got to see him. Now, I know it's probably not as fabulous and interesting as an answer as an alien or a multidimensional time traveler, but I'd like to keep it simple. If there is a thing, I think it's just another weird animal. Come on, we've got enough weird, hard to explain animals on this planet. It's not so crazy to think that there could be another one that we just never gave a name to. So with that... I will say I think this is I think this is the first one. Yeah, this is the first cryptid that I've talked about that I pretty much believe in. I I do I I I believe these people for the most part that they they saw something. Um and I'm sure there will be more to come in the future. I can think of a few off the top of my head right now that I pretty much believe in, but this is the first. Um so it's a big occasion. I'll have to mark it in my calendar. We'll celebrate every single year. <laughs> but
But anyways, next week, I'll have another one for you. This one was so fun. I love the Jersey Devil. Um, I'm sure in the future I could do another episode on the Jersey Devil and talk about different aspects of it that I didn't get to get into today, uh, especially the historical aspect of the Jersey Devil, which is super interesting to me. But thank you guys so much if you stuck around until the end. And until next time, stay spooky.